0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 466 of the Stable Scoop Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Horselovers.com and another podcast, That Newport Show. In this episode, Coach Jen and I get together and we have an amazing guest. Well, okay, a fascinating guest because that is the theme of this year's Stable Scoop. Fascinating stories. Our fascinating person with a fascinating story is Billy King BB. Yes, that is of the Misty of Chincoteague fame, the BB family. So we're going to talk to Billy King BB about all of that history and what's happening these days. There is something called the BB Ranch in existence. So I'm personally very interested to see what's going on there. We also have Carolyn Colbertson. She's going to do a little promo for. Heels down, happy hour. She's gonna tell us about that new podcast on the Horse Radio Network. And finally, we have Tack in Habit. And we're gonna to talk to Misty West, and she's gonna review some breaches for us. All that in this episode. Listen in. You're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show, where hosts Glenn and Helena guide you through some of the horse world's most fascinating stories. Owning and loving horses means there's always a story to tell. It may be funny. Exciting or inspiring, but it will almost always be fascinating. Join us for the scoop each week as we tap into the stories that are woven into everything we do, at the barn, at home, and everywhere in between.
2: And this is Coach Jen, and you're listening to the Stable Scoop Show on the Horse Radio Network.
1: Hi, Jen. It's good to have you back on the show. Hi, Alina. It's fun excited. to do something. It's fun to do something different every now and again on the network. Something, <laughs> we won't say that to Glenn. <laughs> yes, Glenn's different will. every single day, let me tell you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I like to mix up the hosts, you know, on Horses in the Morning and on Horse Tip Daily, you, you have a lot of hosts going through there, so lots of different guests. Usually it's just me and Glenn, Glenn and me, me and Glenn. <laughs> it's fun to have you on. But you just never know what you guys are going to put, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like a chestnut thoroughbred mare. You just never know. <laughs> yeah. Or in my case, a uh, red roan appy who decides he doesn't want to work this summer. Just never can know. I, can I give you the latest on my horse? Yeah, the latest now that he has his appetite back. He has his appetite back. He has his on-the-ground personality back, but he still doesn't want to work. He's still really, really lazy under saddle. So, not quite sure what's happening with him. Um I think it's behavioral because when I increase the intensity of my aids to the point where it feels like I'm beating him into the ground, <laughs> he responds beautifully. He literally responds perfectly, but I have to I have to have just the grossest harshest aids. So, Mm. I, I, there, there's mm. one other thing that, that makes me think it might be something, uh, a bug or something in his body. And that is when I free lunge him out in the field, he's a bit stiffer in his hawks than I've ever seen him before. Now he's 17 and a half. So he's going to have some stiffness, he have a little bit of arthritis, but really for Brody, I mean, up until a few months ago, he's shown no signs of any hawk stiffness. No, he's always been very limber. Yeah, always very limber back yeah. there. So I noticed just a little less engagement in the hawks than, than usual. And he trips in front quite a bit. But when you have a lazy horse who's hot and tired and doesn't want to work, he tends to be lazy in front. Mm-hmm. So he's catching his front feet with his hind a lot more than usual. He has shoes on. He has since uh, April. So... This doesn't change whether he's got shoes on or it hasn't. We can't say the shoes are an issue. So we have a big question mark. There you go.
2: The big question mark. See, yeah. an easy way to check his hawks is just do flex tests on his hawks. Just get somebody out there who can trot them away and do that. Because if they're genuinely sore, he should um, test positive for that. So that's kind of a quick and dirty way to figure that part out. Yep. Um another thing you might be dealing with too is he spent the springtime in training. He he went up north to to get fit. Yep. And you might just be dealing with a horse that went through what from his point of view at least, intensive <laughs> training. You know, Brody decided yeah. you know decided a long time ago he wants to be a trail horse for a living. And he just got dull from it and there's nothing more complicated than that. Um kind of like you have that old couple and she gripes at him all the time or he gripes at her all the time. Let's not be prejudiced here, Jen. And after they've been together for 30 years, one just doesn't even hear the other because it's there all the time and it's just ignored. Yeah. And he could yeah. have just gotten really dull from going through that process versus um previously he he kind of got fitted up very slowly over a very long period of time, because springtime comes very slowly in New England. Yes. Uh, so that could be a factor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Changing changing up what he's actually doing when you're riding him in a radical way might help that. Um, okay. Do do stuff when you're riding him or groundlining him or lunging him or whatever you want to do. Do stuff that's totally out of the ordinary. Totally out of the ordinary. It's like, wow, we've never tried anything like this before. And, and see if, you know, do that like for two weeks straight where every single day it's something completely different, regardless of whether or not he's good at it, as long as it's completely different and then switch it back to some more familiar patterns and see if that changes him. Yep. Okay. I will. I will try everything.
1: Yeah. Just
2: try. I try I have done that with horses and it, and if it's, if it's in their head in that they've they become dull to the AIDS, not so much physically. Yes, they they tend to ignore the AIDS, but it, it's really a mental game. And it can freshen them up partly because they're getting different AIDS because it's way different stuff we've never done before. Yeah. But it also gets them thinking. Do things that make them think like the um, the ground pole exercises that they do with Linda Tellington-Jones' T-Touch method. They put those, yeah. those little mazes on the ground, uh, that kind of stuff. Just crazy weird crap. Make stuff up. Throw it. At the, you throw know, spaghetti at the wall.
1: I... We do that pretty regularly because I'm aware of kind of of not letting him get into a rut, a schooling rut. Our problem is going way, way down to even walking during warm-up. Well, don't warm up. Don't mm, warm up. Just get on him and tell him to trot. Completely
2: different, something you never do. Oh. Just get on his back, take him out in the paddock and say trot. Yeah. And then when he does, immediately say, oh, walk, have a cookie. Or pat him on the neck, or whatever it is you do, and then yeah. just completely change everything you think is right about how to ride him.
1: Mix it up. Just get him paying attention again.
2: Just get make him think. Well, wait a minute. We never do that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We
1: never do that. <gasps> I'm gonna try this. Okay, I'll try it. I'll try it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Give it a. What, uh, what so got the to two lose, things. Right? <laughs> the two things I'm going to do. Well, he just got new shoe. He just got his shoes reset or replaced yesterday. So I'm going to hop on them later today and see what we have. See if if new shoes made a difference. If they haven't um, or later on, I'll do a little Hawk test. I can flex and then Grace can trot them out and we'll see what we have there. And then we'll try mixing it up, mixing up his, uh, I mean, literally just walking out of the barnyard and right into a trot.
2: Yeah, walk in like the barnyard, trot straight across your your schooling field to the end on a, on the buckle. Just yeah, right from the gate and see what he does. He might okay. go. Wait, hey, this is fun, you know. Or yeah. he might just buck, and so hold on tight. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I there know. We go. But we I we could kind of gab on and, on and on and on with that on with this for like like the next three days. But I think
1: we need to get to our first guest. Our first guest, yes, timing. Our first guest is Billy King Beebe of Misty Heaven. And we're gonna talk to—I don't know if it's Billy King or Billy. We'll find out um, it, about what's happening at the old BB Ranch and I can't wait. well, what yeah, what's happened since the days of Misty and Stormy. So let's uh, let's bring on Billy. Well, hi Billy, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Jen, hi. We have um, well, Jen and I both have a a big place in our hearts for, um, uh, the Misty and Stormy stories, Misty of Chinco And this is really <laughs> what your family is, is all about. I mean, you, you are a member of the family who brought Stormy and Misty to the world at large. Tell us about the BB family and how you are related to this entire story.
3: Yes. um uh, grandmom and grandpa BB. Paul and Maureen, uh, that are in the story. Paul and Maureen are my first cousins. Uh, their father is Uncle Harold uh, Beebe. And then my father is uh, their uncle, uh, Ralph Beebe. Um, and Grandma and Grandpa Beebe uh, were my grandparents, and I was uh, raised here uh, on BB Ranch. Uh, we moved here when I was four years old. So that's how I'm related to Paul and Maureen and to uh, Grandmom, Grandma and Grandpa BB. And the first two stories take take place, Misty of Shinkatig and Sea Star, Orphan of Shinkatig, with uh Grandmom, Grandpa, Bibi and Paul and Maureen.
1: So Sea Star was my first exposure to um Marguerite Henry's books. I I read them out of order, <laughs> but <laughs> Shame uh, on I you. remember I know. Well, I didn't know a friend had given me this book, Sea Star, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to read this. And of course, I then fell in love and needed to know the entire story of the the Chincoteague ponies. So uh, did you guys know or did you know Marguerite Henry? How how did Marguerite get connected with
3: the family to pen this story? Well, uh, she heard about the roundup in 1946. So she uh, actually came to schenke looking to find, you know, a story to write about. And actually, when she met my grandfather and grandmother and saw Paul and Maureen, how they would round up the wild ponies and they would, you know, help Grandpa sell them during pony penny. She just fell in love with that type of story. And she asked them if uh, she could uh, write about them. So that was the beginning of the Misty of Shinktig, which is a very famous book still today. And then as you as you know, you read uh Sea Star Orphan of Shinktig, she came back looking for another story. And what inspired Mrs. Henry on the second story, um Sea Star was a little lone colt standing over his mother after her mother had passed away in the wild. And so Paul and Maureen actually got um, sea star of course and tried to have it nurse with another mare and the sea star book is written about um my uncle clarence lee beebe who went to the university of richmond and then of course 1962 stormy misty's foal came out well actually that happened to the uh, my father ralph and jeanette beebe uh at that time um Actually, everyone had passed away except Maureen BB, And uh, we had Misty here from uh, 1957 on up until she passed away. But uh, we had a terrible storm. And in 1962, it was called a nor'easter. You know those well. And the flood came. (laughs) And the flood came. We had, at that time, 97 wild ponies here at the stables on BB Ranch on the my father's part we had 10 one of which was misty ready to give birth at any time when we woke up the water was about three foot in her stall ah! we uh, rescued the ponies we rescued the ponies and put them in the hay house we call it a hay house because we stored about 200 bales of hay in there for the wild ponies and the 10 riding ponies we had on the ranch we put misty in our kitchen. And a helicopter landed because we couldn't get off the island to rescue us. So me, um, my mother and father, and Lee and Denny, um, who are my brothers, uh, were rescued. And the Stormy story was born.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That just brought me right back to the entire story. I, I can just. I, why is this
2: not these- Why is this not made into fourteen more movies? This is just awesome. I know. I know. I know.
3: <laughs> so uh, I, yeah, I gotta I ask. Know, I know.
2: I gotta ask Billy. Well, it, whose idea was it to put the pony in the kitchen?
3: <laughs> uh, my father's.
2: Dad's idea. Okay. <laughs> and
3: my mother was. My mother was hollering because uh, she just bought a, um, a picnic table, but it was a, a kitchen table made out of two inch knotty pine. And she goes, oh, my gracious, the horse is going to crib or gnaw on it, of course. And uh, it would ruin her uh, picnic table. <laughs> my father said, if the tide comes up anymore, we won't have a home. And she started crying. Oh, no! <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, when we ran to the helicopter, actually, I was uh, – uh, uh, They tried to restrain me. I was about nine and a half. I have to look out the window. And it was devastating to see the island underwater. And I saw my cousins um, um, maybe two streets down with a white sheet on top of their house trying to flag down the uh, helicopter, which we were full. So it is a true story about my family. But they used uh, Paula Maureen, Grandmom, Grandpa BBs, and kept it as a sequel. And, and a lot of people said, "Well, why didn't she update the BB family?" Well, I want to talk about tragedies. Uh, Maureen, she lost her mother. Paul Maureen lost her mother in a single car accident, and that's why they came to live with grandmom, Grandpa BB on the ranch, because my uncle, the father, Uncle Harold, BB, um, was a tugboat captain, and of course, he was always uh, on the water. and that was no life for, you know, little kids. Yeah. Um, and of course, the other tragedy, Maureen lost, uh, we lost Paul Beebe in an automobile accident in 1957. He just was on uh, furlough or leave from the Marine Corps. And uh, one of his buddies bought a brand new car and they wanted to see how fast it went. And they both lost their lives in a single car accident. And then Maureen gets married, has two little girls. Their names are Zeebe Zay and Rini Ray Hirsch are actually named after uh, Maureen's uh, naming of the ponies that she had on the ranch. And she lost her husband in a single car accident when they were only about three and five. So she moves back to Schenketick and Maureen is still living today and she's about 81 years old.
2: Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Now growing up, Billy, the books by Marguerite Henry, um, Based on all these true events, um, were you guys growing up aware of how famous your pony, your family's ponies were, and how famous Grandma and Grandpa BB were? Or was that just part of everyday life?
3: Actually, I've been asked that question many a times, and it was everyday life for me. So it wasn't unusual uh, that people would knock on our door and ask if they could see Misty. And uh, and we'd have the Misty family here. Misty's first baby was Phantom Wings, and um, that made Life magazine uh, back in um, in the uh, early '60s. And Margaret Henry came here looking for a story, and and at that time, uh, Ram McNally uh, was the publisher and had a contest in naming the baby. And two twins from South Dakota won a thousand dollars to their library for picking Phantom Wings.
2: Oh, and that, wow. <laughs> Of
3: course, the Phantom is the mother or yep. the dam, and the Pied Piper is the father or the sire. But Wings is the father of Misty's baby, so they just kind of put that together. And he also, uh, the little colt, it was um, a male, had little wing patches in white on him, so it was a perfect name.
2: Now, how many babies did Misty of Chincoteague have total?
3: She only had um, three babies, phantom wings. The second was Little Wisp, which was a mare, and then Stormy, of course. And lots of people sent us letters and actually money uh, to help uh, with the damages that uh, we obtained on the ranch. Um, They would um, staple dollar bills (laughs) under envelopes. And my mother still, we we kept them today. It's it's only a few, but it's so cute how... The little so, kids would, you know, support us yeah, <laughs> back then. This,
2: her second foal um, left the island and went on to be a
3: show horse, did she not? Um, what, uh, the second one, Little Wisp. Yeah. Now, there's a, a controversy on that, and not many people know, but my mother named her Little Wisp. Um, if you find a book written by Margaret Henry, the Pictorial uh, Book of Misty, she uh, wanted to be uh, Wisp Bo Miss, but my mother, you know, that's the only little argument I think they've had. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Names. Of,
3: of the name of the second <laughs> um, one. So you, and you, uh, they. You, oh, it was go- cloudy. I think, thinking of a grandson of Misty, uh, actually, uh, they trained it to do tricks. And years ago, I think it was Ed Clark when Chincoteague had Cloudy and um, he would show the the horse and do different tricks.
1: Okay. So now Cloudy was a Palomino. Yes. Mm
3: -hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah.
1: What made you decide to, you created a museum out of the farm and uh, that was the one on on Ridge Road. What, what prompted you or inspired you to turn the ranch into a farm, into a museum and kind of keep, the history alive and going for people.
3: I think it uh, comes back to when I was, when I say little, uh, say I was probably seven to, to a teenager, I would always help my mother with the tourists out in the in this stable area. And we'd have dozens of pictures on the wall. And I would watch her give the story of Misty. And I just copied her When I was younger, because she would say, "As a teenager, you can go out there, you can give the tour," and I think it was just a a love of of seeing the people enjoy Misty. Actually, when she was alive, I remember a a family coming from Japan. They read it in their own language because it was written at that time in about seven or eight different languages. I've even had um, let's see when I opened up the museum in 2000 and I ran it for 10 years until I had orders to go to Afghanistan. And that's when I shut down the museum because that was devastating to the family. I had to go off uh, overseas and I was in uh, the national guard at that time. Uh, I was the oldest one over there. I was 50, 57 and I turned 58 in country, but got back. And what has happened is the uh, Schenketeg Museum actually came here and said, Billy, we'll take all your stuff, take it from the house, catalog it, we'll take Misty and Stormy while you're gone, and put them on display in the Schenketeg Museum, and that's on Maddox Boulevard. And I said, well, wow, great, because I had no idea uh, what to do, um, because my my family was saying, you know, it's just too much trying to run the museum. You're gone. And at that time, I lived in Newport News, Virginia. So they are actually, Misty and Stormy are on display at the uh, Schengetig Museum on Maddox Boulevard here in Schengetig today. Um, and they are open um, Tuesday through Sundays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. How are they displayed? Um, my my father had the foresight of uh when she died of old age, she was twenty six years old, that he had her uh mounted and uh the taxidermist you know came and at that time they had to make a mole of her. So just as soon as she passed, yeah. Um they they made a mole of her and um uh, then Uh, Years and years later, Starmie passed away at the age of 31 or 32. She lived a long time. Yeah, My mother decided to have her stuff, but of course, the uh, space age plastic came out and you could order a mold the same size of a horse and she is mounted and displayed at the Shinketick Museum.
1: That is fascinating, and I, probably the best part of this conversation, that you can actually go and and see what this this horse looked like. Like, you can really yes. get a sense of being in her presence. Jen, we have to go.
2: I know, well, see, the, <clears throat> I need to revisit. We went on vacation several times when we were little kids to Chincoteague and Assateague Islands, and of course, I was over the moon happy having read all of Marguerite's books that I could, I could meet all of, uh, Misty's relatives down there. But at the time we went, mm-hmm. the museum wasn't there then. So now um, I have to make a return trip and go see it. So tell us more about right. the museum. Where exactly is it? When is it open and what else can we see there besides, um, Misty and Stormy?
3: Well, the museum is, like I say, is on Maddox Boulevard in Shinkate. Um, it's called the Shinketig Museum, and it's actually uh, the last um, – uh, uh, well, it's the museum just before you get to the Assetig Bridge, because uh, you can go over to Astig and see the wild ponies there that the volunteer fire company has over there. And they are open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Tuesday through Sunday. Uh, also, my daughter moved back here. She lives next door, and I have two Misty descendants. And i uh Misty had Stormy, Stormy had Wendy, Wendy had um Night Nightmiss had Angel. So I have Angel here. I bred her about a year and a half uh two years ago. We have a yearling now, and we call her Drizzle. <laughs> and she's one year old here on the ranch.
2: <laughs> you're gonna run out you're gonna, gonna I, run out I of weather that, pretty soon, you know.
3: <laughs> I know. <laughs> so <laughs> so they, uh, so, we open up the ranch all, on uh, Fridays and Saturdays just for uh, the month of July and August.
2: So summer vacation time.
3: So people can come see them.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, are, are yes. they? They're still doing the pony roundups. Do you still attend?
3: Uh, yes, I. I love to, when I say attend um, at that. Uh, I always go and watch it or watch it um, on along the road, and I I still enjoy that. So. I do that. And people said, did you participate in the roundup? Well, not really, because the same time the roundup was going on, my grandfather and then my father, we'd round up over, uh, we had 97 wild ponies and other people that were, uh, had 10 or 15 wild ponies, they would be in the herd and we would sell um, about 50 babies uh, during pony pinning. So... I never got to participate in the roundup there, but I participate rounding them up on the BB Ranch.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, there's more about the history of Misty of Chincoteague online. Tell us where our listeners can find out more, and they can. You, there's there are briars of Misty families. There's a Chincoteague Pony Drill Team. There's all kinds of really cool stuff that can inspire folks to actually make the trek down and visit the museum. Tell us where they can find out more about that.
3: Well, on Facebook. Um, My daughter has set up uh, BB Ranch, and uh, she puts um, actual pictures of Drizzle and some of the Misty descendants. Also, I saw this year they came out with a calendar. A lady done some research. They got all of Misty's family in there, or descendants. She has researched, uh, Kelly Littard has researched, and there's over 200 Misty descendants. I I didn't uh, realize it was that many. Well that was great. Um yeah, you can find it on social media just by, you know, looking up different things uh that you put Misty in and um uh, and it will pop up on social media.
1: Excellent. All right. And we'll be sure to post links to that at stablescoop.com for those listeners who can't remember. Thank you very much, Billy, for joining us and uh, getting us up to date on all that's happening with the the BB family and the legacy of Misty. All right. Yeah, thank you, Jan. And now we welcome Caroline Culbertson, and she's with the Heels Down Happy Hour podcast, the newest show on the Horse Radio Network. Hi, Caroline. Welcome to Stable
4: Scoop. Hi, Helena. Thanks for having me.
1: So I, Glenn was like, oh, have you heard about Heels Down Happy Hour? I was like, no, what, what, what is this? It sounds like something I should be involved in. <laughs> he said, no, Helena, this is something you just need to listen to and enjoy.
4: What is Heels Down Happy Hour? Sure. So Heels Down Happy Hour is, um, like you said, a brand new podcast that's going to be released twice a month. And it is an offshoot of our magazine Heels Down Magazine And we um, got together with one of our um, journalists, Justine Griffin, who's a co-host of mine, and then also uh, four-star event writer, Jessica Payne, um, who's also married to fellow four-star event writer, Doug Payne. Um, And so those are my co-hosts. And it's three girls talking about what's going on in the horse world, um, and just kind of chatting over drinks and talking about current events and news and rule changes that everyone is confused about and just things, things that are happening sort of current events. Um, and we do some riding tips and, and educational sessions as well about horse care. Um, we're going to be unpacking interviews with riders. So it's all sorts of things. There's really there's something for everybody. And we, we joke that it's the, um, it's the opposite of horses in the morning. So you can kind of wake up with horses in the morning and then <laughs> unwind with a, uh, an adult beverage at happy hour. So we're really excited about it. I'm guessing the tone will be a little bit more casual. It's pretty uh, boisterous. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so- the, it's the voice for horse people. <laughs> it is not if you if you are chew. I want the it's chew. Like, it's the chew for horse Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's it's um it's not NPR um delivering news like this. And next we're gonna hear from my co-host. Like it's we are just wild and say it's very, you know, the filters come off the longer the show goes on because we're drinking while we're, we're cold. So, um, it's a really, really fun show. And my co-hosts are amazing. Uh, and yeah, everybody should tune in again. It's twice a month. It's going to be released. I believe the second and last Friday of each month is what we're shooting for. And there's one episode out now. Um, so everyone can go to the horse radio network and check that out. Or it's also on our website, heelsdownmag.com. Tell us a little bit about Heels Down magazine. Uh, how long has it been around? Uh, who publishes it? And what disciplines do you cover? Sure. Um. So we cover the Olympic disciplines. We cover dressage, um, show jumping, and eventing. And we are a digital magazine. So it's a little bit of a new thing for people that are used to print magazines. Um, we are in your pocket, literally. We're on your phone um, or your iPad. So whatever mobile device you're using you can download the magazine it's once monthly and once you download it it's on your phone you don't need internet to um access it so we've got videos and audio um and it's very interactive we even have like interactive um like buttons that you can click on that do fun things it's very very cool and very technically um user friendly but also very interactive and as far as um what we kind of like to, we like to sort of sprinkle a bunch of different things in there. So we have some fun articles that are kind of lighthearted. And then we have lots of interviews um, with very big riders uh, and riding tips, horse care tips. We have a professional groom that contributes every month. We have a lawyer that contributes every month um, to sort of give, uh, you know, unpack things like, um, quarantine you know how to get your horse through quarantine or how to import a horse um so there's there's lots of different uh things and there's something for everybody in there as well um and again yep so that's once monthly cool jen have you had a chance to check out heels down i get to check out heels down
2: because sometimes i get to produce the show (laughs) so i get to check it out for
1: real It sounds really fun. I mean, I like the the fact that it's an in-your-pocket kind of publication because, I mean, let's face it, our phones go with us everywhere. It's our source for for news, for entertainment, for information, Mm -hmm. uh, and for, for communication. So that's the best part about it is you see or hear something on heels down magazine and you can click over to your friend. Like you can instantly share that or connect with somebody else. And like for me, when I hear a piece of information, especially important horsey information, I'm like, Oh my God, I have to remember this. And you know, two or three things happen and and my day goes on. And the next thing, you know, it's gone forever. It's gone. Gone. So It's nice that you can package, you know, the most important information in your life. Uh, horse information um into this this uh well the podcast now as well as the magazine yeah
4: and it's it's sort of the same we we try to um really bring an approachable um sort of tone to our news and the podcast as well so um in our first episode which is out and everyone can go listen to now we talk about sort of the controversy with um because there's a lot of gray area with that. And so if you, especially for, you know, people that, um, have like a non horsey significant other or family, and you don't get to talk to like somebody that understands what the heck you're talking about, this is perfect for you. It's like three girls just chatting about, you know, chatting in a normal, the way that you would, you know, sit around with friends at happy hour, chat about horse news and sort of what, what the hell all this stuff means, you know, what is depo and like, why is it banned and what's going on? And people are really upset. So it's very frank conversations about all of those topics. Um, There is not much uh, bull if you know what i mean. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a whole nother industry. It's a whole nother industry. <laughs> well, i'm i'm personally looking forward to listening to this. I'm I'm a fan and i haven't even heard my first episode yet. We will have um links to the Heels Down Happy Hour podcast at horseradio network.com or you can find it you can find episodes at heelsdownmag.com. Am i right?
4: That's right, heelsdownmag.com. Yep.
1: Great. Well, thanks very much for joining us. It was really a pleasure. I can't wait to get that first episode downloaded to my phone.
4: Yay. Thank you so much for having me on, you guys.
1: Up next, my favorite part of Stable Scoop it's the tack and habit segment. This week's tack and habit is sponsored by horselovers.com and our reviewer is Misty West. Hi Misty, welcome to Stable Scoop. Hi, thanks
0: for having me.
1: You're reviewing a pair of breeches today and I'm excited because I get excited about everything we review, but seriously, I I kind of have a breeches thing.
0: <laughs> I, I really do.
1: I I have cuz there's so many you
0: totally be <laughs> excited about these breeches. I'm telling you, I'm excited I, about these breeches.
1: I've had some really good luck. I I don't know why I continue to be surprised, but every time I try a pair of ovation breeches, I'm like, why didn't I do this earlier?
0: So. Yeah, everything in the ovation line, honestly, I can tell you several years ago, uh, my daughter is a pony clubber, really wanted to get out of those you know those turtle Troxel shaped helmet things that they used to have, <laughs> and that was my first experience. I purchased an Ovation helmet at our local tax store, and I have always been pleasantly surprised with not not only the quality but the price point of like the Ovation brand. And these these breeches you have to have. If you don't have them already, you have to get them.
1: <laughs> okay, so it's the Ovation Aqua X breech and they're lightweight. So they're good for warm weather, um, warm climates, summer schooling, right? They're knee Yeah. Bars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the nice thing too, is that we have typically pretty wet summers here in Western Pennsylvania and I've gotten wet a few times riding and they're <laughs> the first thing to dry. Like the, that's one of the fantastic things about the, like the fabric that they're made of. They're super, they're lightweight, they're cool, and they dry really quickly when they do get damp.
1: That's nice. Yeah, it's the worst. I mean, I live by the ocean, too, and it's always humid here. And so even if you ride at 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning before the sun comes up, there's always a layer of mist that you kind of have to ride. And I don't know about you, but sometimes you wear your breeches all day you know but yeah, for those of us who don't have corporate jobs I tend to leave my yeah. breeches on cuz I don't know I'm buzzing here and there it's nice to know they dry quickly.
0: Right. All right. And these are like they're a nice like they're a nice finish like you're not embarrassed to wear these anywhere you know like I have some breeches I wouldn't I wouldn't wear to town but these I would kind of like look for a reason.
1: <laughs> Do um how are they to get on and off cuz sometimes um are, they're they're pull-ons right so or are they zip-up?
0: Uh, actually, they are zip-up. They have, uh, they're zip-up with, uh, you know, they-, they are a technical fabric, but they're, um, they're, they're, they have a zipper and a, like, one of the clasp type buttons. They're not like a button with a hole. Um, there's maybe one slight criticism I have. It would be the only one for these breeches. Like, when I zip them at the top, and maybe, maybe I just need to do more crunches, but, um there's a little bit of a twist at the top where um, where the zipper doesn't quite maybe come all the way up to the the very tippy top of the breech.
1: I know exactly what you're talking about. And it like makes a little pucker gap.
0: Yeah. That little pucker gap at the top. That's maybe my only criticism. And I tried with a belt to see it didn't really help it, but it's not really noticeable. Um, You know, it doesn't really bother me. I just like, that would maybe be my only criticism for it. I, I Literally love everything else about these breeches. I'm so happy about these breeches. What's I only what wish, is it? I, I know you hunt and I hunt as well. You know, my only wish is that they came in like a tan or a canary that I can wear hunting.
1: Oh, they <laughs> don't come to, in tan. Well, it's not a khaki. No. Well, it's not a khaki. Let's see, charcoal and neutral beige.
0: Oh, okay. So it's yeah, something they have, in the tan. Field. Yeah, they have like a. Yeah. They do have a neutral base. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a so, lighter,
1: but, it's lighter than what I would hunt in because I would, it would be dirty by the time <laughs> the hounds were cast. Exactly.
0: Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, they might be good for cubbing or something, but yeah, exactly. So
1: how did you like but, the silicone knee patch?
0: You know, the only time I actually, I kind of thought, well, I'm never going to use this, right. Because it's just a knee patch and I, I try really hard not to grip with my knees, but My daughter and I did a Hunter Pace a few weeks ago, and we were kind of galloping downhill, you know, as you go. And they came in really handy at that time. (laughs) Okay. Grab on. (laughs) So the silicone is my first experience with um, anything this technical or having anything this high tech. And I love the silicone. You don't notice it's there. Um, I would definitely consider after these um, some silicone full seats that I see, you know, people wearing. Yeah. Yeah, so we, you know
1: we we change our we we change our habits it just takes us 12 or 15 years.
0: <laughs> yeah. Bad. This is also my first experience with um the like the sock bottom, you know, so that you don't have the velcro or anything like that. Like the bottom is like the stretchy material. Yeah. I love it. I don't think I'll ever go back after having these breeches. There's nothing like it's so easy to get my boots on. It doesn't there's nothing you know, kind of digging into the outside of my calf when I ride or anything. I just, I'll, I'll never go back after these. My daughter has several pair of these, you know, really nice sock bottom type of new, newer breeches, but most, most of the things in my breech family are older. <laughs> they have the Velcro bottom or something, you know, and the only thing I don't, you know, I have the carrots tights and things that don't have, you know, the, um the Velcro tabs, but they still, they have like kind of that ring at the bottom, but these ovation breeches are just smooth and so comfortable around my, you know, well, they're higher than my ankles, but that, that area. Under my How beard. tall are you? I'm 5'7", and okay. maybe these are a little, I wish they came in a tall, um, okay. at least when, when I first looked, they were just a regular length uh that being said though like i'm not particularly tall i just like my breeches a little longer okay. but um the rise is perfect and they don't like when i bend down like nothing's nothing inappropriate shows which is nice
1: <laughs> yeah especially when you're a mom
0: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah can you imagine like my daughter would probably die yeah exactly so well, yeah these are I can't say enough good things about these breeches. Honestly, I just, I just love them. They're so it, comfortable.
1: It sounds like a, a good deal at $116, $117 from horse lovers.com. So it's the Ovation ladies Aqua X knee patch breech. Thanks Misty for giving us such a detailed and thorough review. I'm going to go out and get myself a new pair of breeches now.
0: Uh, yeah, you've got, you'll love them. You've got to get them. You will love these breeches. I'm telling you. And, and you know, at that price point, this, I'm a little bit maybe on the cheap side sometimes, but after trying these, I would definitely buy another pair.
1: Worth it then.
0: Definitely. They're worth Great. it.
1: <laughs> well, thanks again, Misty. I hope to have you back again sometime soon.
0: Great. Thank you so much, Helena. Nice to speak with you.
1: So we opened the show with an update about Brody. Give us the quick and dirty on Nigel. Oh, let's what do see. You guys the, quick, the quick and dirty on Nigel. The farrier will be
2: coming out in eight days to put on his super special and I'm pretty sure expensive shoes so that uh, we can get things rolling along there and make him a little bit more comfortable in his little front feeties. Um, other than that, he is doing fine. I've discovered this is my second summer with him. I got him in March, so we went through that summer, but it's it's been a little toasty. My horse can sweat like nobody's. Business. Really? You know, Scooter's out there cool as a cucumber. It's 90 some odd degrees. And, you know, he's like, I got this. He'll hang out in the shade and eat grass. Nigel seems to think that grass in the sunshine tastes better than grass in the shade. So that's where he stands. And the sweat just drips off that horse. Which is good, I guess. Better
1: than the other problem. Yeah, trying to cool himself. Exactly. Does he drink a lot of water? Does he replace his fluids?
2: Uh, For the most part. Now... Sometimes I catch him and he's a little bit light in in the uh, hydration department. So I do keep a really close eye on him, especially if he has to stay in the barn extra, which means he's not getting his grass. He's getting hay instead, and that's always a problem because that grass has so much more moisture in it. So I have found that I am a little hyper-vigilant about how much water he is or isn't drinking. So he gets his electrolytes in his his feed, and that seems to do the trick. Uh, Today, for the first time, I gave him a... A horse popsicle. Oh, you did? Do you didn't. love it? Uh, no. Uh, he he uh, licked <laughs> it a few times and, well, that's dumb. I can't get to it. He's just going to uh, let uh, it sit there on the floor uh, and melt, and, and then he <laughs> carrots is what he's going to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's just like kids. You can buy them all the fancy toys you want, but as soon as they see a pot or a cardboard box, they're all over they're it. They're all over it. So we're we're just melting our way through
2: summer in anticipation of autumn and fox hunting season.
1: Well, you know, you know what? Well, see, here in Little Compton, where it hasn't gone over 79 degrees, Ugh. it's yeah, it's been quite the perfect summer here. It's been cool and breezy, and um, it's been great for riding. It's just too bad my <laughs> horse is a little sluggish. You know, I think we need a good, we need a secret trip to the beach when no one's around. That'll,
2: that'll. Uh, get him going again. That's it. Go to the beach.
1: That's when I have to put the emergency brakes bit on him. Yes. (laughs) He goes from, my horse goes from zero to 90. There's no in between. There you go. I'm trying to find a place to take uh, Nigel in the
2: water, which would you think that's easy here in Florida where it's the land of lakes, ponds, and swamps, but trying to find one that is guaranteed to not have gators is a little tough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would imagine. Well, keep us up to date on that because that's what I'm, I'm always interested in. And how do you guys deal with the water situation down there and the gator, the gators?
2: Well, you know, as long as you're not swimming around in natural bodies of water,
1: you're pretty much fine. Okay. So then, you know what, here, I have a business idea, a horsey pool park, (laughs) a pool park, (laughs) a pool park, right? I'm totally, Jen. This is, okay, if my new job completely falls apart, that's what I'm doing. I'm convincing go. Buck and Grace to move to Florida, and I'm going to open up an action park for horses. Action? That would be awesome. An action park. Oh, yes. you could have I mean, a lazy river ride. Yeah. And then a little pool, a wading pool where they can, you know, walk in. And, and the bottom will be, like, rubber traction, you know, yeah. like like yep. Yep. rubber mats with those little nubbies on them so they don't slip. There you go. Tell right? Me. Those, okay. They can bob for apples.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: They can have a wave pool. We, they can have a way. We can surf our horses in. That's right. I love it. Get All the right. schematics ready. All right. Somebody, somebody is, we need investors. There so if go. you're out there listening, this is my new idea. <laughs> Got Shark Tank, here we come. All right. And on that note, we're going to wrap another episode of Stable Scoop. For details about today's show, go to stablescoop.com. And Don't forget, you can get the HRN app on your iOS or your Android phone. Just search for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and very easy to use. Be sure to log on next Friday for another episode of Stable Scoop. Goodness only knows what we'll have on deck, but there'll be something. And we do love your feedback. I particularly love your feedback. The private Facebook messages and emails that you send me make my day. They either have me giggling or laughing or crying or pounding my fist in solidarity. <laughs> Keep it coming. Many thanks to this week's sponsors, Horselovers.com and That Newport Show. Don't forget to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network. You can find them, of course, at Woo, We're done. That's enough. And thank you very much to Coach Jen for filling in for Glenn today. It's always a pleasure to have you. That's it, listeners. There'll be more next week. Until then, happy scooping.